Thank you for joining me today for Carl Erickson's Sounds and Words, a podcast with a difference. Today for Sounds and Words, we have guest Margaret Rivera, Catholic writer. And uh, the first question I have for you, Margaret, is um, in, based upon the work that you do. As someone who works in the law enforcement field, what is the most difficult part of living your faith within the workplace? I think that, that um, the most difficulty occurred was during the time that I was a federal probation officer. You're dealing with individuals who have really gone through a great, uh, how can I phrase it? They've gone through a lot. They've had a lot of experiences, most a lot of negative experiences. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of the laws, I was not able to really share my faith with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I could not tell them, listen, there is another way. Um, right. You don't have to do this. Unfortunately, I was prohibited from doing so. So I would say that that was definitely a significant challenge. Are there ways that you can more subtly, um, uh, as a role model, for example, uh, are there ways that you can more um, subtly share your, your faith in Christ? Not really. I mean, the only thing I could do is, um, and I hate to use a cliche, I could live it. Yes. They could see me and they could say, mm-hmm. wow, there's something different about her. Right. Um, I did have people ask me, are you a Christian? And of course I would say, yes, I am. And they would say that I knew that there was something different about you. Yeah. Um, but to go into depth, yeah, yeah. To listen, you need to do this, you need to do that. That's something that I was definitely prohibited from doing. Right. I understand. Um, how does your um, faith and strengthen you in the work that you perform on a on a daily basis basically i stand very strongly on the word of god and um you know there are always issues you know at any workplace there are always issues and although i don't deal i mean i guess i am still in law enforcement but my position has changed and i'm now a supervisor um and i deal basically with like say uh contracts Mm. so i don't come in contact you know with uh with subjects, with defendants, with individuals. But even as a supervisor, my faith does come into play because this is the day where you're no longer able to say, listen, you've done this, you've done that, that's not exactly appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's a different time, Carl. It's a definitely it's a different time. And you know, people will be very quick to say, I can report you. Mm. I could do this, I could do that. Um, and my Faith is really what gets me through because he said, you know, in his word, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And I really, I cling to that. I cling to that on a daily basis. Yes. How, how have you seen uh, law enforcement in general uh, change and evolve over the past uh, few decades, would you say? Um, you know, something I, I've thought about that because when I started, I was 24, and now I'm 66, and Mm. it's changed, but yet, I'm just, I mean, people have become a lot more savvy, you know, technical, you know, Mm technology-wise, media-wise. We did not have that when I first started in 1978. Obviously, we have that now, and I would say that people have become much more interested in their cases. Yes, they were beforehand. You would always have a defendant say, well, 
I'm going to the law library. Mm. But now there's so much more um, access to information. And in that sense, yes, I would say that there has been a definite change in that regard. Okay, okay. In um, sharing your Catholic faith story, the account of your spiritual journey includes the familiar phrase that something was missing when you were exploring denominations other than the Catholic Church. What would you say was missing from those churches precisely? Oh, gracious. I would say the majesty of the Mass. Yeah. The beauty of the Mass, the pageantry, the music, um, and the order. Definitely the order. Um, you know, for so many years prior to my week in Catholicism, because I um, I left in February 95, and from 1984 to 1995, I was always told, no, Catholics have it wrong. The Catholic Church, you know, like any type of um, sure. negative um negative phrase that you could use they you know they don't know anything they don't teach anything and um and i did during that 11 year period prior to my actual departure i had visited different churches and it always seemed like something was off i would mm -hmm. always inevitably return to you know return to mass and i was told no that you're returning because it's familiar it's a familiar area that you really need to venture out and i did I did venture out and, you know, for a number of years I was, I guess the word I'm looking for was defiant. Mm. And if somebody said to me, are you Catholic? I would say, well, I used to be Catholic. I'm not <laughs> Catholic anymore. I'm born again. I'm spirit filled. Mm. And I, um, but something always seemed like a little bit off. I was able to convince myself for a while that that was the way that I was to go. But there was always there was always some type of a void. Yes, I was getting good teaching. I'm not going to deny that. But in terms of the makeup of the service itself, there was definitely a void. Yes. There is no perfect church, but there is a perfect God. What does that advice say to your heart? You know something, Carl? A couple of weeks ago, somebody chided me on Facebook because I used that phrase. Oh. And the person said, no, the Catholic Church is perfect. Christ was the one to ordain it. Mm. And I wanted to reply, but thought not to. Anytime, yes, Christ ordained our church. But whenever you have human beings, individuals yeah. that are running it or running anything, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And there are bound to be flaws. Yes, amen. Um Having a personal relationship with Christ is, it sounds almost more evangelical than Catholic to some. Why is this so criti critically important? Oh, it's definitely important. I mean, you know something, Carl? You can have uh, people who could say, I'm a devout Catholic. I follow every rule. I follow every regulation. But God is not living in them. They don't know him. They're good at following a set of rules, but in terms of having a personal relationship with Christ, they cannot lead anybody to them, to him, because people say, okay, well, you're following rules. What personal experience have you had? I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Mm. And they're void. Yeah. You know, they're completely void. Um, yes, they may be at mass every morning. They may be at every devotion. They could say they're novenas, they're rosary. But they don't have that walk with him. They're not dealing with him on an intimate basis. To me, that's the key. Okay. <clears throat> In your article, uh, I cannot say that I am a Catholic Christian if, 
You remind us of the importance of creating lives that truly testify to the glory and holiness of God. You are urging the reader to do better. What prompted or sparked this article for you? You know, I also, as I mentioned in my uh, bio that I wrote to you, I, um, I continue, along with Mass, where I'm very, very active in my parish, I continue to attend a non-denominational church with my husband. He is not Catholic. And what I have found is people like to say, oh, I'm a Christian, but, oh, well, I, you know, I live this way, but, oh, mm. that's okay. Christ understands me. God understands me. God doesn't judge me. And I have found that in Catholicism also. People mm. say, well, God knows I'm human. And I'm saying to myself, mm. you know, guys, there has to be a time when we have to stop playing games with God. Yeah. We cannot shroud under the cover, oh, I'm a Catholic. Oh, I'm a Christian. I can live any way that I want. I'll get it right with God before the end. It doesn't work like that. If you read the Bible, God does call us to holiness. Yeah, exactly. Um, which which saint would you say is the most important to you and, and why? Really, who is most important to me after the Lord Jesus is his mother. Hmm. Look at what she went through. She was a teenager when she was told, you are going to, you know, bear a child, not knowing man, but you are going to bear a child through yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, imagine today the, um, <laughs> the conflict that would cause. Can yes. you imagine then having to go out into society and say, well, look, everybody, I'm pregnant, but I did not get pregnant by a man. She had to be so trusting of the Lord and his plan for her life that she could say yes to him. Yes, absolutely. What do you say to, what do you say to people, um, uh, particularly Protestants who, who use the criticism of uh, praying to the saints or praying to the icons? How do you, uh, how do you approach that subject with them? It's like asking a friend to pray for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If I have a need, I'm asking, do me a favor, Carl, can you pray for me? Yeah. Can this one pray for me? It's not uncommon to ask others for prayer. Exactly. And we believe that we're not, sep we're not truly separated from that great cloud of witnesses because through Christ we, um, we can make those requests for intercession. Yes, we can. Yeah. Yes, we definitely can. Yeah. Um, there is truth to the idea that we don't go to church to be entertained, but do you think it's wrong for a Catholic to insist on a parish where he or she feels intellectually challenged or fed? Some might argue that the Eucharist is enough, homilies and music are irrelevant and just extras, um, but do you think, do you think it's, it's, that's a fair uh, view for the, for the, uh, for the Catholic? I think that there are some parishes that minister more to individuals. There are individuals, and I'll be honest with you, I was one of them at one time. I needed more. Mm -hmm. I needed the Word. I yeah. needed more teaching and more direction. And you have Catholics that are like that today. My attitude is, look, if you feel that your parish is not equipping mm -hmm. you, if they're really not teaching you, or let's face it, maybe if... Um, if there's a disinterest there or an indifference, then yes, definitely go someplace where you feel inspired. Go someplace where you feel that you will be fed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
What would you say is a spiritual challenge that you've um, faced and overcome in the past few years? Um, something that has allowed you to open yourself up more to the light of Christ. How did you approach that spiritual battle? I think one of my battles, um, one of my challenges, and this is my own challenge. Um, I, you know, and I'm ashamed to say, but I am stating it quite honestly. I would speak very badly about people, uh, to them, about them. And I had to change because I had to come to the realization, Lord, this is not pleasing to you. I can no longer say that this is part of my personality. Well, mm. this is who I am. No, God has called me to change. And I had to give that to him and say, Lord, that's something I truly want to be rid of. I don't want that anymore. Take that from me. And that's something that has, as I said, it was a gradual process. But I, like I said, I did reach out to him and I asked him, please, Lord, this is a challenge. I don't want this. Help yeah. me. And praise God, he has. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, how, what are your thoughts on evangelization tools? Uh, I mean, we have such wonderful means of communication these days with things like we're doing right now on, on a podcast or something along those lines. Um, we have so many tools and yet it doesn't seem like, uh, it doesn't seem like we're connecting any better, uh, in terms of evangelization. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What could we do better? I think, you know, sometimes, Carl, like when people mention evangelization, they say, well, I'm going to give the person a rosary. I'm going to give them a prayer card. No, you need to speak with them about mm. who God is, what he can do in their life. Let's face it, Carl, a lot of times we Catholics are not known for that. Yeah. You know, when you think evangelization, you think of, um, you know, Protestant non-denominational churches, you know, where they will speak to you. And I know when I first came back to Catholicism, I had a wonderful pastor. He was excellent. And we were going to actually start an evangelization team. And unfortunately, he became, he got transferred. Uh -huh. And sorry to say, the individual who took his place had no interest whatsoever. Uh -huh. You know, things, unfortunately, things like this do happen. But if we're going to speak about evangelization, we need to reach the people. We need to drop the formality and reach them and say, listen, God cares for you. What are you going through? Here, I have a Bible. The Catholic Bible has mm -hmm. the same promises as, you know, the Protestant Bible, more or less. It's like, look, this is what's going on. Stand on this. Read this. Other people have gone through it. You will go through it also. God is going to bring you through yeah. Um, we have to, as I said, I think get to that place instead of, again, dealing with formalities. Do you think in a sense that modern technology keeps us a foot back from the, from the, uh, people with whom we are speaking, keeps us a further distance emotionally and uh, their, uh, the communication doesn't reach the level that is really needed for connection and, and, um, uh, to, you know, convey authentic relationship with Christ? I Yes, I think that that's accurate. I mean, it's wonderful in one regard. I mean, it's awesome. When I think about, you know, the changes that have been made, I'm like, wow. Right. You know, sometimes I can't even believe it, but we should not get to the point where we're so advanced that we lose that touch of dealing with people on a one-to-one -one basis. 
Um, I know myself, I'd say, again, on Facebook, people have said, like, look, I'm going through a challenge. I'm depressed. I PM them. I, you know, sent them a personal message. I will give them my number and I'll say, look, call me. Yeah. I've been there. I will speak to you. Please call me. And I think that we have lost the touch of personalization and we need to return to that. Hmm. Um, what advice do you have for families that are divided by denomination? I know that your husband's not a Catholic. What, how do you approach that? What's, how, what advice do you give for that? Just, um, you know, don't force your, don't, do not force your spouse. Do not in any way, shape or form, mm -hmm. force your spouse to convert or to tell them, listen, you know, this is what you need to do. It's just, that's not going to work. Um, I met my husband when I was away from the church, so I could not in good conscience say, well, look, I'm mm -hmm. back. You have to become Catholic. Can't do, I can't do that. Um, I do go to, you know, to church with him. And also, too, I very much enjoy the message that the pastor gives. But he and everybody else know, there knows I am Catholic. <clears throat> uh, yes, I will go with my husband. I will be at his side. But, and again, I would say to other individuals who have that uh, division of denomination in their family, do not push the person. Okay. Pray for them. Do not push them because God can do more in one moment than you can do by nagging, talking, saying, oh, come to church with me. Oh, mm. come to mass with me. Oh, this is going on. That's going on. Because there are times my husband has said, I'm not going with you. Okay, mm. that's fine. No problem. And there are other times he said, all right, you know what? Come on, I'll go to mass with you. Mm. And, you know, he actually enjoys it. But at this juncture, you know, he said, I will not become Catholic. That's okay. fine. No problem. You're a good husband. And I have to look at the traits, you know, that God has placed in you and just move on from there. Right. How about with the, uh, the addition of children? How, do, how, how would you say that complicates things? Does that make it much more difficult? I've never had a child. Okay. <laughs> I am completely childless, but I know it was difficult for my parents when I left Catholicism. And can I say that they were understanding? No, absolutely oh. not. They were horrified. Oh. Uh, you know, and I guess they reacted like parents at the, you know, in that era would. And yeah. I was just like, look, I'm leaving and that's it. Unless the child has truly gone off and joined something extreme, mm -hmm. I would just say, look, have patience. If they invite you to something, if it's a concert, whatever, okay, fine, I'll go. But you do not have to, like, say, wrap yourself entirely around it. Yeah. Christ Alive, which is the church that I attend with my husband, they have concerts and different things. And nine times out of ten, I just do not go. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It does not cause an issue with us. My husband goes. That's his church. And that's fine. He knows that there's something happening at St. Francis of Rome. I will go. Yeah. And I'm not asking him to come with me. Yeah. It's a it's walking a fine line. It's walking a balance. Mm -hmm. But it can definitely be done with a, uh, without a lot of issues and without a lot of drama. Okay. That's wonderful. Um, lastly, what would you say, uh, since you have so much experience with b um, both Catholicism as well as the Protestant tradition, what would you say Catholics can learn from our separated brothers? What What things are could we be doing better do you think i think 
uh, what we can't do better, I should say what we need to do, what I would say this, as Catholics, I encourage people, get into the word, get into the word, walk in God's love, know what God has promised, know who God is. Um, because that's one complaint that I've always heard about Catholicism. It's not personal. It's not real. It's right. following that of rules. And that's why I tell everybody, no, walk your faith, live your faith. Let people see, wow, they're Catholic. And yet this is a Catholic who knows more about the Lord than anybody else that I've known. Right, right. Yeah, something you said reminded me of the St. Jerome quote, um, ignorance of the Bible is ignorance, or ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ, and uh, it, that seems so true. And it's 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 easy to sometimes to uh, not focus, um, you know, not take that time that we need to to focus on God's Word. And unfortunately, Carl, you find that a lot of individuals they neglect God's word. And I mean, but I've seen that also in the non-denominational churches. Remember, I was away for 16 years, and I was always told, oh, you know, the Christian church is aware it's at. And I was dismayed. After a while, I thought to myself, no, really, the same people here, the you know, it's no different than it was, you know, when I left, you know, my former parish. Mm. We need to get into the <clears throat> Word of God. Mm -hmm. We need to know the Word of God. There are so many things that He has for us. Um, people are content to live by rules, but living by rules will not get us into, um, will not allow us to evangelize. Exactly. I can tell you, Carl, if you're looking to get back in the church and I tell you, oh, I attend Mass every day, I say a rosary every night, I'm always at the devotions, and if you say to me, Margaret, listen, I'm going through a challenge, and I'm void. I'm unable to help you. Hmm. Right, right. That's so important. Well, um, uh, Margaret, this has been a wonderful conversation. I hope we can do it again sometime. I've really loved talking with you, and I think... I've I love learning. Um, I learn. I learn something. Many things uh, every time I do one of these, and and this one is is uh, definitely no no exception. So I've I've really enjoyed this. Carl, thank you. This is my first one. I hope it was. I hope it was okay. Truly and sincerely, I was nervous the entire day, oh. and I'm saying to myself, "Okay, Margaret, just pray. God has you. Just pray." <laughs> Oh, you did you did wonderful. All right, thank you very much. You have a you have a marvelous rest of your uh, evening there, Carl. Thank you so much. Oh, that's right. It's only one third, uh, two o'clock. Two o'clock here time. on the West Coast. Yes. Yes. Well, this is New York City, so in one hour I'll be leaving for the evening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Thanks so much, Carl. God bless. Bye bye mm -hmm. now. Bye bye.